Beloved congregation of our Lord Jesus Christ, we celebrated the Lord's Supper two weeks ago. What, what will you say if someone comes to you asking you, I, I saw you at the Lord's Supper table. But may I ask you a question? Were you well prepared for this special feast, for this table? Did you really look forward to the bread and the wine? Yes, were you even allowed at the Lord's Supper table? Now, in asking these questions, it might cause some of us to, to become uncomfortable. You might start struggling with your own presence at the table. It sounds so stern, as if the question is, am I eligible to attend the Lord's Supper? How about the other sacraments then? How about the Word then? Are the sacraments, is the Word safe with me? And when hearing this, you might start doubting. Even asking yourself, am I good enough to receive and work with the Word of God? Yes, am I, am I not worth of God's grace? And then verse 6 or verse 8 of our text could sound the same. That the Lord says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways. My ways, says the Lord, for as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. As if God says, sure, I made some invitations in the beginning of Isaiah 55, about getting free water and free bread and, and, and wine. Hey, but watch your step when you approach me. Think twice. Before you dare to take that water, that wine, that bread at my table. Beloved, this can never be God's intention. After inviting the people to receive drink and bread from Him. He's offered to satisfy the thirst. And the hunger of His people is real. The Lord says to you, you are mine. And that's also the case with question and answer 81. Who are to come to the table of the Lord? It's not the intention to question our faith, our eagerness to take bread and wine. It is to place us before the Lord. 
Yes, it is to say Amen to God's promises made at our baptism. We may be convinced that God, when He sends out His invitation, that it's more than an invitation. It's not optional. He is calling me, you and me, to Him. Taking water, wine and bread. That's for you, the Lord says. Even though I am much higher than you, and my ways are not your ways. It is me inviting you. And when we receive that invitation, we say, yes, Lord. I'll be more than happy to dine with you, to drink from you. So when I detest myself, or when someone questions my, my self-examination, my self-detesting before the Lord's Supper, I'm not doubting. I'm not wondering if this is all for me. Now the question is rather... Do I appreciate, do I receive, do I work with God's promises in that I approach His table, receive wine, bread, water. And so the God's invitation in Isaiah to receive living water, the Word, the invitation to go to receive the visual word in bread and wine, should be taken up. And so we desire more and more to be strengthened in our faith, yes, and amend our lives. Those who are really hungry and thirsty for Christ wants to be satisfied by Him. And therefore the theme for this afternoon, is as follows. I proclaim to you the word of God as we confess in Lord's Day 30. And the theme, Christ invites to His table only those who, in the first place, are hungry and thirsty. Second place, want to eat and drink. And third, want to be satisfied with Him. Christ invites to His table only those who are hungry and thirsty in the first place. After a long day of working, beloved, it is great to sit down at the afternoon or the evening tea or dinner. Often we are hungry. We can't wait to, to sit down at the table. We want to eat. We want to be nourished and fed. And the question is, this is also... In your life, it's the case when you approach God's Word or the visual proclamation in the Lord's Supper. Are you hungry and desperate to be filled with spiritual food? And suppose one would say, for example, well, next week we have the Lord's Supper again. I'm looking forward to it. I'm so hungry. I'm starving for bread and wine. Or, I can't wait for next Sunday's preaching. I'm looking forward to 
to it again, to receive this free water of life that Isaiah 40, 55 speaks about. Man, I'm hungry. I'm thirsty. Someone speaks like that, we will find it a bit strange. However, beloved, this should be very common to our spiritual vocabulary. In fact, to be hunger, to be hungry and thirsty should be part of us. No, don't take me wrong. It's not a natural thing. The Holy Spirit needs to work that hunger and thirst in us. But He does so. And it should be evident. He continuously needs to open our eyes for our spiritual dietary needs. And when we receive it from Him, when we accept the invitation to take the water and the wine and the bread, we should, and He reminds us, that we do not only receive these matters, these substances as such, water, water, bread and wine. No, we receive Christ. The Word that became flesh. So to hunger for the Word and to thirst for the sacraments is indeed a hunger worked by the Spirit in our hearts. It's a deep hunger and thirst for Christ. It's beautiful to see and to read about people in the New Testament particularly who, who hungered for Christ. We find them often in the Gospels. Remember the tax collectors, the prostitutes. How often we read about sinners who were desperate for Christ, hungry for Christ. Due to their sins, their inner person has become completely empty. And then, and then they hear about Jesus of Nazareth, Nazareth. And they wanted to meet Him. They wanted to, to listen to Him. They long for His mercy. Think, for example, of Zacchaeus, who as a rich man, a man of stature, although hated by the others, was willing to climb a sycamore tree to see Jesus. And how happy he was to receive Jesus in his house. He thirsted for Christ. Or the prostitute in Luke 7, who washed Jesus' feet with her tears and dried them with her hair. She was so hungry and thirsty for Christ. That is the hunger for Christ, for water, wine and bread. Yes, those are the people who should come, accept the invitation and sit down with Christ. And beloved, understand that when we speak about these sinners, we are not talking about those mentioned in the form of the Lord's Supper celebration who, who are not allowed at the table. You know, you know those are people who were admonished and requested to withheld themselves from the Lord's Supper or otherwise eat and drink judgment upon themselves because they publicly live in sin and don't want to break with it and deliberately stay in the church of Christ. 
People also receive the invitation from Isaiah 55, but are really not interested in it, in accepting it. Or, yes, they will accept the invitation, but only under their personal conditions. Those people who who ignores the call to repent and amend their lives, as mentioned in verse 7. We're not talking about these people. We're talking about the people like the tax collector. Like Zacchaeus, or the prostitute. Or the tax collector in, in the parable in Luke 18, verse 13, who said, Lord, be merciful to me, a sinner. Those people are welcome. Those are the people of whom Jesus says, I tell you that this man, rather than the Pharisee, went home justified before God. Those are the people who thirst for Christ. People who want to be reconciled with God. And when we hear that those sounds resonate, then we, re- we realize, indeed, I am such a person, and I should be such a person. Because He sacrificed His life for me. His death was necessary for me. And I know it. Because I know my sins. Exactly because I'm so close to Christ, I know my depravity. My sins and shortcomings. And every time when I take that Bread and wine, when I drink the water of the Word. Yes, when I sit at the Lord's table and I look into the mirror, I see my own guilt. And I see how desperate I need to be nourished by Him. This is how we should respond to the invitation in Isaiah 55. It's not just having a good drink of spiritual nature. It's not just taking the bread which will feed us to eternal life. It's looking in the mirror of these gifts and say, why do I need them? Because I know who I am. I know my sins and shortcomings and I know how desperate I need to know Christ. Knowing my sins and shortcomings, knowing Christ, those things go together, beloved. You're hungry for Christ when you're displeased with yourself because of your sins and yet trust that you are forgiven and that your remaining weaknesses are covered by the suffering and death of Jesus Christ. Beloved, the Lord is not inviting people who consider themselves healthy, spiritually well-fed people to come to the water, the wine, and the bread. But only those who are in desperate need of Christ. People who, when looking into the mirror of the Word, that turn away from themselves, disgusted by what they see, and turn towards God. I know it's not easy to dislike ourselves. Someone in the church would ask you, do you dislike yourself? There are not so many spontaneous who say yes. And of course we have to to love ourselves. God knows that too. 
But when the light of Christ shines in your life, when you go and you stand in that light, and then you see yourself, and then you also admit, I can indeed not save myself. I need another one. I need to turn to Him and cry, Lord, save me. And then I'm very happy to line up with the tax collectors and the prostitutes. For the light of Christ fell on their lives too. And when I realize how filthy we all look like, only then when the Lord in all His riches enters our lives, we, need, we see how we desperately need Him. And when the Lord then sets the table and invites you to buy water, wine and bread without money, yes, then you can't wait. You can't wait to get there with all these other sinners. In Isaiah 55, Israel, which for so long had been in exile with God, are invited by the Lord. He wants to bring them back. He wants to nurture them with eternal food. He shows them as He shows us. Without me, you will dehydrate and die of hunger. In that light, God used the sacrament to first make us discover our hunger. Yes, even baptism makes us long for the food of life eternal. The sacrament shows us that we belong to the company of repentant, prostitute, tax collectors, and sinful FRCA members, hungry and thirsty for Christ. And if you see yourself there, then, that, then the Lord's table is the right place for you to be. We now turn to the second point. The Lord's Supper is for those who want to eat and drink. When you're hungry, when you're thirsty, you want to eat and drink. But in this case, you want to eat and drink Christ. What does it mean to eat and drink Christ? What are the spiritual needs for food in Him that you have? That might be a difficult question. Often we are not, not so accustomed to express our spiritual needs, to express that in words. Some might even find it a bit exaggerated to voice them. If I would ask you, what are your spiritual needs this afternoon as you sit here in church? What will your answer be? However, beloved, it's not that common, uncommon that the believers in the Bible expresses their spiritual need. Think, for example, of Psalm 42, which we say, My soul thirsts for God, the living God. My soul longs for the courts of the Lord. As the deer pants, of stream, pants for streams of water, Oh, my soul pants for you, O oh God. And the reason why we should long in this way 
even vocally express that to ourselves, to our family, our friends, our brothers and sisters. The reason why we long for this bread and wine and water, it all lies in God's covenant. Because there's a strong relationship between God and us. Between you and Christ. In His covenant. God made His mark on your life. Remember the sermon on the watermark and the trademark. You are His. And you should reflect that you, are, you, that you belong to Him. And so the eating and drinking of Christ, the Lord's Supper celebration, is in that sense also your answer to God's baptism, baptismal covenantal promises. On the bond between Him and you. And beloved, allow me here to, to especially address the children and the, and the catechism students. For sometimes the celebration of the Lord's Supper or even the baptism, yes, sometimes even the sermon or the preaching feels distant. You do not always feel connected to it. But is that true? With God, it's not the case. Because He connected Himself to you. From your birth onwards, God also co always comes to you. And He also says to you, I want you. And now God expects you to respond to Him. To say, Lord, yes, I want you too. Help me to grow in my hunger for you, my thirst for you. Lord, help me as a young Christian to understand my spiritual needs. To grow in understanding of your great works. To the point that I can maturely confess my faith in you in public. Of course, you do not have to wait until you are 17, 18 to speak about your love for the Lord. Infants, young children, we have heard from Psalm 8, can also express their love for the Lord. Yet the Lord encourages you to long to be with Him at the table. He wants you to make public profession of faith. So you as a young person can say, God and everyone in the church, from now on, you can hold me responsible and accountable for my actions, for my life of faith. I do not run to mom and dad all the time. They have fulfilled their promises. They made him my baptism. And of course they will continue to look after me. But here I stand. And I make that vow that you, God, is my only Savior. It's like when a couple get married. You know, they publicly make their vows on their wedding day. But they don't make that hastily. They grow towards that. And they prepare themselves because they want to make sure that they know what marriage is about. Only then they can make that responsible choice. Stand here in the front and say, I do. And so with professing of faith. And so up to that day, 
Every celebration of the Lord's Supper that takes place, every baptism, every preaching of the Word should remind you that God says to you, I know you and I want you. Continue to grow and mature. Because I want your answer saying, Yes, Lord, I want you too. And God, when I say that, I've learned to turn away from myself and to turn towards you and to entrust my whole life to you more and more. You see, that's the desire to eat and drink. That desire is there because of your bond with Him. That desire expresses itself in the desire to go to the table, to celebrate the Lord's Supper. Because you're hungry, you're thirsty, you, you yearn for food, you long for bread, even if it's only a little piece. Because you know this bread and wine, it's Christ, my Lord. I eat and drink Christ. Of course, not, not, not like the Roman Catholics do it. You know, that's, that's the beauty of, of the Lord's Supper compared to the Roman Catholic Mass. There, Christ is confined in bread and wine. At the Mass, forgiveness is stored in, in a piece of bread. But the Lord's Supper, we say, no, the bread is Christ because the bread points vertically to Christ. It's a sign of Him. I eat and drink Christ spiritually. As the brand refers to the name that's on it, so the bread points to the one who taught us to break it. And so, sitting at the table, eating and drinking, or sitting at the table is going to Christ, eating and drinking Him. And that sacrament is for those who wants to eat. Who understands that without Him, I'll die from spiritual hunger. But thank you, God, you do not have to go. But thanks to God, you do not have to go without Him. He is there. He came before we ask. He let His body break before we even understood how wretched sinners we are. Yes, He made water, wine and bread available in Himself way before we ever wanted to eat and drink. Yet He works in you that eagerness to enjoy Him. And so we come to the third point. Well, supper is for those who want to be satisfied with Christ. Love it if you speak to someone who, who really have experienced um, extreme forms of, of hunger, of, of being thirsty. They will tell you that it drives you crazy. You don't want to experience that anymore or again. And therefore eating is such an effective means to get rid of, of that hunger. 
a thirst. And so it is with the Lord's Supper. We go to Christ. We want to be, be filled with Him. We want to be different. Not fall back in our old condition. Never again. Never be empty again. But be filled with Him. It's not obvious that you should, or it is obvious that you should then eat more than one piece of bread. You should drink more than one sip of wine. You will not be filled with one piece. However, we are filled, and our hunger and thirst are filled, are stilled by Him. Not so much in that we take a little piece of bread or drink one sip of wine. No, this Lord's Supper stimulates us to be more and more filled with Christ. To be satisfied with Him. And that's why we have to meet Him here at the table. To enjoy being filled with Him. To be saturated with Him. If it wasn't for our weak faith or the tendency to forget Christ, we could have done with one Lord's Supper. We could have said, I'll celebrate it once. Should be good. No, we return. We come again to the table. We want to be filled with Him. We want to be completely taken up by Him. That's the only way we survive spiritually. That's the only way that we can get rid of the hunger and the thirst. And so we are on this road together. We sit at the table as brothers and sisters, in order to be filled with Christ. Not only once off, but continuously. And that's, that's why prostitutes and tax collectors and us does not remain as we are when we sat with the, sit with the Lord. Let the wicked forsake his way, we heard Isaiah saying. If you want to be filled with Christ, and Christ fills you at his table, then your life will change. And that's why we have that list in the, form of, in, in the Lord's Supper form. Not to threaten people. Not to make us anxious. But to say, if I'm filled with Christ, I don't want to go without Him anymore. If I'm filled with Christ and His Spirit is working in me, then I continue with Him and live a life with Him. And I go on this road with Him because He is the only way.
And on that road, on that way, He promises that we will see the evil disappear in our lives. To put it in the words of Isaiah 55, the thorns and the thistles of evil make room for the fertile green of God's goodness. Thorny bushes gives way to cypress trees, thistles for myrtle bushes, verse 13. Or as Isaiah 55 verse 10 says, it brings forth and bud. It gives seed to the sower and bread to the eater. God's word, whether audibly heard or read, or visibly taken in bread and wine, will never return void to the Lord. Because it will fill us and result in a life of thankfulness. And therefore the table is for those who want to be satisfied with Christ. And don't think that the end of answer 81 casts a shadow over it. For such, is a, such a feast, you do attend wholeheartedly or you don't. Because it's more than a meal. It is communion with the one who loves us. It's being filled with our Lord. And in such a relationship, there is no room for hypocrisy. There's only place for Christ. And so, when we receive the invitation, we go for our love, for, for we love the Lord and want to be satisfied with Him alone. Beloved, let us look forward. Let us express our longing to be filled with Him, our thirst and our hunger for Him as we receive the word next week here from the pulpit and next time also at the table. Only then we'll find rest. Yes, eternal rest with the Lord. Amen.